Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with your host, Dr. Fuck, and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. Kick on back and listen to another exciting episode. It's time for the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast! Hey, hey, it's Dr. Fuck from Thrasher Diet Combat with another episode of Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Notice... Notice that that beer cracking. That can only mean one thing. We got the alcoholic from New Orleans here to join me with the festivities of Rush. How you doing, Ian? Oh, man, I am nursing a hangover with a little hair of the dog. Uh, well, you're going to have to do a lot of talking tonight because this is the first time ever we're doing a regular, you know, your regular podcast where we review an album. But I figured since this album's so short, we're going to go through the whole discography. And then just stop at Fairwater what a thing. Talk about those songs, and then continue with the discography with little what do you call uh, little notes on uh, every single Rush album. Yes, it's an exciting episode, but it's going to be a long one if we're going to talk about all the episodes. So let's go right into it, man. What's going on in the wacky world of metal and hard rock? Oh man, here's a good one. This was awesome fucking news. I think fucking Geezer Butler got arrested this week. Uh, at the age of 65, yeah, I think is amazing. Uh, got into a bar fight, of all things, too. Yeah, well, you know, let me tell you something. I really don't. Uh, what's that? What, what the hell is that? Is that I'm night sorry, court? Man. God damn it! I can't take this fucking thing out. Is that night court? <laughs> I know that's some kind of TV theme song. What is that? That's <laughs> Barney Miller. Barney Miller, okay. <laughs> didn't that start with a bass solo? Boom. Yeah. I didn't hear that part. Uh, uh, anyway, I'm not editing that out. That was Ian's cell phone, and I think it was quite funny, so I'm keeping it on the show. <laughs> that was uh, uh, Ian's mom calling about me. Hey, hey. Because yeah, I won't probably. return her calls. Yeah, Did she hear last hurt. week's episode, by the way? I don't know if she has. Oh, no, no, she didn't, because you'd know if she had. Yeah, true. true. But anyway, continue with the Geezer story. Yeah, so Geezer got in a bar fight in Death Valley, California. (laughs) Death Valley, California. That rules. Geezer hangs out there, huh? Yeah, apparently he was at a bar, got pretty fucking loaded, and uh, altercation started, and I think he, like, broke some shit and, you know, basically just fucked some shit up, and uh, they took him away to the pokey and held him in the drunk tank all night. Well, I can say that that, this is a disgrace. This world sucks. Geezer Butler is allowed to break anything he wants, anybody's face he wants. Hell, it would be an honor to get your ass kicked by Geezer Butler, and the cops should be ashamed of themselves. Geezer can do what he wants. I agree. I agree. I'd just like to see uh, who he beat up. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, but whoever he beat up, if the, you know, if the guy didn't lift his hands, then okay, I can understand. It's a guy that wanted to get beat up by Geezer Butler. But if that guy, like, you know, got Geezer mad, then I say we should tie him up and stone him. Because you don't do shit like that to Geezer Butler. Well, the fucked up thing is, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if you know this, but I'm friends with Geezer. I didn't you know, know this, but I yeah, should have yeah. figured since you're friends with a lot of people, I noticed. Yeah, I'm a mover and a shaker. So what, what advice did he ask you? Everybody asks you for advice. I, I will never understand that. 
Yeah, you know, I, I well, I'm wise beyond my years and and my beers. Uh, but you know, he didn't want to get into it too much, like who he beat up, you know, because there could be a lawsuit. But he did say why he was getting drunk and he was all upset, and that's because he saw what Sharon's gonna pay him for the next Black Sabbath tour. Oh, jeez, man. Yeah, yeah, he had to take a pay cut too. Oh boy. Yeah, I don't even know if Tony's gonna be able to afford his chemotherapy with uh with what Sharon's paying these boys. It's Ouch. a goddamn shame. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact, I heard that the fucking drum machine almost quit when they heard what, you know, they were going to pay it. It's terrible. Uh, did, but, we, uh, did we discuss that Tony came out saying, hey, I can live for another year, another five? Which right. Is, which is basically him saying, hey, look, I got terminal cancer. Which yeah, sucks. I, yeah. But then uh, again, it's Tony Iommi. I think in this case, cancer caught Tony Iommi. Uh, and now job. cancer's in trouble. Exactly. Cancer's got a terminal case of Tony Iommi. That's what I think. <laughs> if I think he could cure it. You know? Yeah, he, yeah. He, I, I think the cure was in his missing fingertip. All he's got to do is another riff and it's gone. Oh, shit. So, yeah. What? So, that's it? Uh, well, also, I heard a pretty cool interview with uh, Dave Mustaine today as well. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, there's all that drama, you know, now that, you know, the, the drummer and uh, guitar player quit, something that you talked about months before it was announced. That is true. I called this. Yeah, go back and listen to that Motorboat episode. I know a lot of people, that's, that's not one of the more popular ones, but go back and listen to it, especially in hindsight of what happened. Dr. Fuck knows what's going on. I got but, the inside uh, scoop on the Motorboat by a mega fan. Yeah. But, uh... Oh, and I also want to mention, uh, excuse me, Dave Ellison's been on our page the last couple of days. Has he? Uh, yeah, yeah, he, he liked the photo I put up the other day, uh, and then the day after that I posted a, a poster from the Alice Cooper Megadeth tour, from the Constrictor tour, and he, and he wrote he wrote on and said he remembered that show. I thought that was pretty cool. See, even the rock stars want to come and check out our page. So That's come on how, our page and you get to yeah. talk to Dave Ellison and me. Yeah, the only thing funner than coming on Ralph's Mom is coming on our Facebook page. Hey. Everybody, ch- hey, well, I'm just saying. But uh, anyway, in this interview, uh, Mustaine was saying he's done with the radio songs. He knows everybody, uh, you know, hated Super Collider because there was too many obvious radio songs. And uh, basically, he's going to go back to the heavier shit. He says he knows what the fans want, and the fan wants... The fans want stuff like The Conjuring and shit like that. And he says that's, you know, he's going to give it to them with this next record. I, I think he kind of blamed uh, the last record on the producer. But, you know, he picked the producer and it's the second time he worked with that Johnny K dude. Who I think is fucking horrible. He did the Disturbed. He did a really bad uh, Machine Head album. Uh, just a is shitty there, producer. Is, is there such a thing as a good Machine Head album? I love Machine Head. Okay. I, I know you don't like them, but uh, but he did what, in my opinion, what is their worst album. Super violence, Superman. brother. Violence. Oh, I like violence, too, but uh, I like Machine Violence Head. is superior. Yeah. Violence. Agree. Machine Head should just give up and get violence back together, man. We agree to disagree. I have rage against the Machine Head. <laughs> but here's... Here's something. This could probably be the most important news story. Because I think this is really going to go viral and uh, and break the internet. And that <laughs> is the video of our former co-host doing an air drum solo to Genesis. Oh, Terrence. Which, you know, uh, uh, he 
I believe uh, I saw the guy that put it up. He said something like, you know, like Terrence got all of his blocks so we can't see it. So what did he do? He uploaded it himself, right? Yeah, we have uh, we have people working behind the scenes. Let's just say that. I got to say that it was the most disturbing yet funny video. <laughs> he does this air drum solo where I say like, you know, maybe 85% he got right. There were a couple rolls there he, he didn't get. But still, you can tell he's listened to that drum solo way too many times where he got basically all his right. But I got to say, it's like, what is it, like nine minutes long? Nine minutes long. If you have nine minutes of your life that you don't care about, <laughs> no, no, no. Please. What do you mean? These are nine minutes you will care about because it's worth <laughs> every second of it, man. You got to see this. This guy is doing air drums, which looks like a locker room behind him, but I think that's just <laughs> closet doors, right? Yeah, I think that's his closet. At, doors. at first, I thought it was, hey, is this guy in somebody's in, in some locker room, or <laughs> uh, uh, you know, one of the, you know, what's his what's his uh, the Patriots or something? <laughs> Is he, is he, did he break into the Patriots locker room and do a yeah, drum solo? He just got done sniffing Tom Brady's fucking jock. So, was, but I got to say, my favorite part was at the very end when the drum solo is done. You hear it's a live album. What, yeah. what's your, who is that, by the way? It's Genesis. That's Phil Collins? Yeah. Well, that's pretty good. Pretty good drum solo. I mean, I'm saying Phil Collins is a pretty good drum solo. You, right. you don't, it doesn't count what Terrence was doing. But uh, but my favorite was when the drum solo was done. <laughs> Terrence stands up and bows. <laughs> he bows to the audience noise. I, I, well, I like. There's a little pause in, in, in the middle of it, and then Terrence puts his head down, <laughs> like he's praying or something. Yeah, like oh, thank that, you, thank you, Lord, yeah. for giving me the, yeah. the the great the great air drum skill. Yeah, I knew that motherfucker was at Hamas. I told all you guys. I think he, I think he was facing Mecca when he fucking kneeled down. <laughs> This oh. guy, let me tell you, man. All I all I can say is, uh, I did want peace with Terrence, and he ended up saying dumb stuff. But you know, I mean, we should go on record, uh, Ian. If this guy like kills himself or something, it's not on us, okay? I mean, we've told, we've tried to apologize to the guy. The guy kept going, so now it's like, I don't know. He's been quiet, right? I haven't heard from him in like a week, right? He hasn't oh, said I nothing about the last episode, right? Not not that I know of. Well, I mean, not to you know, not to us. Well, but, uh, either way, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah I, I just want to say too, yeah, yeah, we do not wish harm on him. No, we, we don't. We don't want himself. him to harm himself. We don't want him to kill himself. We don't want him to cry either. But yeah. if you choose to cry, film it and send it to us. Yeah, because uh, that way we can really see you cry instead of that fake cry you did that one time. We want to see him for a long time making these dumbass videos. Yeah, that we, yeah. we want him around. We don't want Terrence to die. Because this video is the saddest thing I've seen since the fucking notebook. I, I mean, it's fucking sad, man. It's so fucking funny, though. But that's another reason why you need to come on our Facebook page. Oh, you got to see it, yeah. If you're not on it yet, and I want to thank all the fans, because the listeners, the page has exploded, and it used to be something where just I post or, you know, Ralph post. Now, that you know, the listeners have taken over. They post stuff every day, news, you know, videos, everything, you know, and... and Ralph and I post pictures and videos as well. And I put up the daily kick-ass picture of the day. And it varies. And it's like most of the times you're going to be like, wow, I've never seen that picture before. And I put up some rare stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. Some rare you know, pictures. I, I, I put up videos, you know, and, uh, you know. But it's really become the listener's page. And that's exactly what we wanted, too. You know, a community for everybody that enjoys the show. 
you know, to come in there, you know, everybody goofs on each other. We've had little fights on the page and stuff. People love that fucking drama. Yeah. But, uh, and also we want to thank the listeners because we're recording this on the last day of January, and this has been our biggest month ever by over 6,000 plays. Jeez. Yeah, so we've really, uh, our last episode, the, the Kiss Top 10, almost 900 plays in one week. Something about those Kiss episodes, man. They go crazy. Oh, I love you fucking Kiss nerds. I'm one of you. And you know, uh, I put up a video on my page plugging that Kiss. Nice. You know, I remember one guy, one of the questions, it was like, uh, ask me questions. And some guy asked, what's your favorite non-Kiss makeup song? And I said, go look at the top ten. It's my number one. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I, I plugged it. And then, uh, what's his name? Luke gave a question. And then I said, Everybody's got to check out Luke's number one. You know, it's bizarre. Yeah. So I'm sure, like, you know, because my uh, page has over, what was it, 3 million views? Yeah, th- yeah 3 million views 3 on your guest page. 3 million views and over 2,000 subscribers. It's it's amazing. By the way, let me plug it. It's almost human uh, 56. Just like that, all one word. That's my kiss page where I have... Uh, ma- uh, homemade kiss videos that blow away every kiss video on the internet that's made by fans. Yes, I'm saying it right now. I challenge any fan out there to top my love her all I can video. Basically, all my videos they rule. I sync them up perfectly. It's not like all these videos you see where a guy's singing during a guitar solo and a guitar solo, the guy singing. No, I match up the voice perfectly to the audio. Check out that. Plus, I, I review every single Kiss album on that channel and every Ace Frehley album, and boy, yeah, it was hard, but I reviewed every single Peter Chris solo album and the two Vinnie Vincent albums. That was tough. And Gene Simmons' Asshole and uh, Paul Stanley's Live to Win. All Ooh. those, you can see the reviews on my Kiss channel. Uh, so check it out, Almost Human 56. And, and eventually, you know, I mean... We're going to be doing this show for years to come. We will get around to every fucking Kiss album. Yeah. You know, because there's a lot of Kiss nerds out there. You know, can't get enough of it. We're, we're Kiss nerds ourselves. But you you want to know what kind of gives Kiss a run for their money and fucking nerd fandom, fucking mania, geek boy shit? It's fucking Rush. Yes. Oh, my God. Rush fans take that shit seriously, and uh, I think we should get into fucking Rush right now. I think it was me that came up with the idea for this album, right, Ian? Yes, you picked it. I would have never picked this album, but you did. Yeah, it's not an album discussed that much. Um, I'm talking about Farewell to Kings. And since it is a very short album, you know, there's just so much we can say. So I figured we'll fill up the episode with our thoughts on on Rush from the very beginning. I figure, Ian, you know what we should do? We should talk about, you know, the first album all the way up to 2112. And then when we're done with 2112, we'll discuss the whole Farewell to Kings album. Then when we're done with the Farewell to King albums, we'll finish up the discography, which a lot of those albums, we won't have much to say. Just, that yeah, sucked. And then go into the next one. A lot of Sounds great ones. A lot of great ones, a lot of shitty ones. So, starting with the very first Rush album, a uh, great, great album. I remember the first time I heard uh, Working Man on the radio, and I said, ooh, I must go buy this, and... I walked to the record store, and there it was, the first Rush album. I bought it, but, you know, I am getting ahead of myself. I, I My very first Rush album was actually, um, I think, I, I'm a little hazy on this, but I think my first Rush album was uh, Permanent Waves. 
I could be wrong. But uh, I d- then I discovered 2112, which to, still is my favorite one. But anyway, the first Rush album is very different than the other ones, featuring a different drummer, uh, John Rusty. It's very more straightforward rock, uh, a la Led Zeppelin-influenced album. Uh, great sta- straightforward album. I love the first Rush. What do you think of the first Rush album? Uh, the first Rush album is probably my top five all-time Rush albums. I absolutely fucking adore it. Uh, and my son adores it, which makes me so proud. I'm a proud papa because my son loves the first fucking... He, he's a Rush fan, but he really loves the first Rush album. And uh, I concur. Uh, it, it's great. It is very, you know, borrowed from Led Zeppelin and English rock at the time. But there ain't fucking shit wrong with that because that was great fucking music. And, uh, man, I, I mean, song for song, to me, there's no clinker on the first fucking uh, Rush album. I think it's absolute lawlessness. Uh, I love John Rutsey. Uh, you, you know, thank God Neil Peart joined later. But for this album, he was the perfect drummer. And it sounds fucking great. Yeah, I, you know, I'll tell you one thing about Rush. I was never really a fan of their, like, mellow songs. Except uh, the one on this one, Here Again. I love that song. It's Oh, that's a great song. Great, great, great song. song. Yeah, and it's mellow, where all the other albums, you know, you had your tears and stuff like that. Even Farewell to Kings has one that I'm not... I'm not too fond of their, their slower songs, but yeah, here again, that's one thing I can put the first Rush album against all others. It had the best Rush ballad, in my opinion. Then is uh, Fly By Night. Um, Fly By Night, why don't you take it away, Fly, uh, Ian, so I can grab the CD and look at the song. Alright, alright. I have no idea of the songs, because I, I, I don't have the opportunity, because he just picked me out here. Uh, but I do love this album. I love I mean, the title track alone is is a flawless fucking uh, rush album. But then you see, you know, songs like "By Tour" and "The Snow Dog" and shit like that, and uh, you know, you got a little glimpse of what's to come. Uh, Rivendell, uh, I believe "Anthem" is on this album. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, that's quintessential Rush. Uh, I'm so glad they went this way. As much as I love the first album for what it is. Uh, yeah, you know, thank God for Neil Peart. I call him Neil Peart. I don't know. I'm a fucking American. I'm a douchebag. I, I call him Peart because Peart just sounds weird. But anyway, um, I fucking love Fly By Night. Uh, really, really good. Uh, it's just great 70s fucking headphone rock. You know, a, a lot of kids today, I don't know if you appreciate. I mean, kind of in the era me and Ralph grew up in, uh, you used to have headphones. That weren't like these, like the '80s Sony headphones that were these little ring-ding things. You used to have headphones that encompassed your whole body. Oh, it yeah. was almost were, like getting a spacesuit. They were heavy. Yeah. They were heavy, and they were oh, like yeah. they were oh, like compressed yeah. on your ears. Yes, and and not only that, but you were listening to vinyl with yeah. these headphones. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And and man, there's just not more perfect rock for this setup than fucking Rush. I mean, just amazing. Uh, man, Fly By Night, terrific, terrific fucking album. Recommend it to any Rush fan. Yeah. Once you go into fucking Caress of Steel. Or, well, I'm, sorry, I'm, sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, we gotta hear what you say about uh, Fly By Night. Uh, one thing I'm really happy about is that they actually filmed them playing Anthem and Fly By Night. 
So we actually have video document of this era where uh, Neil Pert, 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 I call him Neil Love Muffin. Um, he, he, there you uh, go. He had a killer mullet at this time. One of the first guys to have a mullet, I would say. Um, and uh, I love Anthem. To me, actually, the song I really love on this album, and I did see the moving pictures tour, and they actually played this song, which was mind blowing, was uh, Beneath, Between, and Behind. Nice. That song, song is so complex but awesome. And yeah, and also by tour shows the future in the end, Riverdale, making memories. I, I, I love this whole album, uh, best I can. Uh, great album, nice. cool album. Oh, Going okay. into Caress and Steel, which I am proud to say I found in a record store only like two weeks ago, and I fucking almost like jizzed my pants because uh, I haven't owned this vinyl in many many years. Oh man, this is another great one. Dwelling a little more into the into the prog. Uh, but, you know, killer metal prog. To me, they're like the best prog in the world because they really lean toward the metal and the hard rock with, you know, the, the, the opening track, Bastille Day. It's like, damn, that fucking rules. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I think I'm going bald. I think, I could be wrong, but I think that's a takeoff on Going Blind by Kiss. Did you hear something about yes. that? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, they, they were two roommates at the same time. Um they they were great friends and that was their like take and make it fun of that. There's actually an awesome story where uh, Rush had just done Caress of Steel and they played it in a van for Paul Stanley. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, you gotta hear like we just did this album and so they played Caress of Steel for Paul Stanley and he's just like, he, he's like, dude, that's too fucking gay for me. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> you know, you know, he, he just did not get it. He didn't get it, but. But I, I, I get that because there was some stuff I love about President Steel and there's some stuff that took me a long time to get. I love the album now, but at first it was just it was, it was too heavy of a meal, man. Too much fucking gravy. I could not digest it. Hindsight, I love it. Yeah, but Steel Day is my favorite track, but very... <laughs> oh, but, oh, Lakeside Park! Jesus yeah, Lakeside Christ. Park's great. My second favorite is The Necromancer. I just... Love the hell out of that song. I love the whole album. It's a good album. But then we go into my favorite Rush album, 2112. Uh, it's a lot of people's favorites. Uh, but I love it. Uh, especially the, 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 the way it opens, the overture and Temple of Syrix would be my favorite. The whole story's super cool. Then we have Side 2, and I love, love, love Passage to Bangkok. Something for nothing rules. Um, what else is there? Lessons and... Uh, but Tears, tears. Te- yeah, Tears I didn't like. Uh, then the live album, which a lot of people, I mean, I remember. Oh, 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 hold on, hold on. Hold oh, on yeah, 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 yeah. What do you hold think on, of 2112? Hold on. I mean, 2112. A lot of people are like, eh, 2112, uh, it's a classic. You fucking A-Ride, it's a classic. Jesus fucking Christ. I love this fucking album. Oh my god, twenty one twelve, the whole overture, whatever you know, fucking whatever the fuck it is, all of it, love it, awesome. Oh, Twilight yes. Zone, I forgot to mention that. Oh, I love that. Song. Oh my god, Twilight Zone, oh great, my, great is song. There a, is there a better song to smoke some primo primo fucking Chiba to? Put on some goddamn like some real good headphones, some Beats by Dre for kids of this generation. And and fucking listen to that fucking Twilight Zone. Oh yeah. my god! Actually, that... actually, actually, 
just started with side two of Passing to Bangkok into Twilight Zone. Double oh, oh. shot. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah but what I'm saying, like, like kids these days, like, okay, uh, yeah, you hear shit, you know, it's an MP3 on your fucking computer, but, like, like get a good file size, not like some shitty bitrate thing, but like a good, a good fucking, uh, fuck this shit, go get a fucking vinyl. Yeah. Put out, put up headphones, and listen to fucking Passage to Bangkok and fucking Twilight Zone, and, and, and smoke the best fucking joint you can because that is fucking god damn that is some shit right there that is like it, it, it's it's a rite of passage that every teenager should do you know it will explain a lot of shit you don't understand like like why does it smell funny down there why does this tickle you know you know why does this happen I don't know smoke a really good fucking joint and listen to fucking 2112 and it'll just all make sense Oh boy! Imagine I remember the days when I used to smoke weed, and I'd put on side one with the headphones with the, you know, it's just so. I mean, it's this is weed music, and you can. I, and, and here's the, here's the funny thing is, Doctor Funk doesn't smoke weed anymore. The Ayatollah of rock and roll doesn't smoke weed anymore. But that's because you know, sometimes you get to a certain age, you know, and this is an anti-drug thing or whatever. But it's it's about being at that point in time. And where you are in your life. But every kid, in moderation, you should enjoy certain things. There's certain rites of passage. And this is, like, seriously, kids, buy some really good weed, get some really good headphones, get a turntable, and listen to this shit. It's awesome. I would like to say that I quit weed because I got a city job and they randomly test. But let me tell you something. When I retire, I'm going back to the ganj. Yeah? Hell right. yeah, man. I miss it, man. Right on. I still dream, man. I have dreams where I'm smoking weed going, I hope they don't test me anytime soon. I still have dreams like that. I dream about the shit still. See, I, I, used, I used to smoke a lot of weed, and then I quit because I was, I was trying to get this government job, and I had to quit. So I quit for like six months, like waiting for this fucking job to come through. Never did. So you and just then, never like, went back. Right, right. Well, well, I did go back. I did go back, but by the time I went back, I had lost all my tolerance, and uh, I just like, for the first time in my life, I got paranoid. Uh, it made me fall asleep. It wasn't the same as in my youth, uh, you know. But in my youth, man, I had a lot of good times. Hell yeah, a, a lot of good times smoking. And, and for all the shit that's out there for young listeners. There's a lot of weird, fucked up shit for kids to do these days. Weed is by far the most harmless. And, and, and you know, weed's good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even though I don't do it anymore, Dr. Fuck doesn't do it anymore, weed is fucking good. You know, everything's good in moderation. But weed is really fucking good. And if weed goes really good with music. Yes. And with, and with Rush... Oh, weed is really fucking. Yeah, good. weed is perfect because really Rush were pot smokers. I don't know if they still are, but they were pot smokers back then. Oh, at the time, very much so. Yes. You yeah. read the lyrics to um, "Passage of Bangkok." It's all about weed. Yeah, you know? it's about finding weed everywhere you go. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a a, a great uh, weed band. Uh, then the live album, which they're not too proud of, but uh, I think they're wrong. All the world's a stage is an exceptionally killer album. Um, I love it. What do you think of that live album? 
Um, I, I, I love it for the rawness. I can see where, because Rush is so, like, like almost like, you know, and the more they go on, they're more anal retentive. Like, it's not pure enough for them, or... But I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, it was recorded, like, what, 75, 76? 76. 76. Perfect time capsule for that. Yeah. And it's a, great, it's a great set list. I mean, everything... I mean, if you love Rush, if you love early Rush in particular, Jesus Christ, All the World's a Stage is an amazing album. Once again, put put some goddamn headphones on, get yourself a good fucking stereo system, smoke some good weed. You fucking kids today, you got all that hydroponic shit. Yeah. I, smoke, I smoked goddamn tomato plant for six months thinking it was weed. <laughs> and it just gave me a headache. You kids today, you ain't got to do that. You got all this fucking hydroponic fucking, you know, goddamn Northern Lights bullshit I didn't have. Yeah, you smoke some of that shit. Put on yeah, 2112 yeah. and you'll see God. Exactly. Smoke that good good and then fucking get back to me. God damn. I well, love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, now we're going to go into the review, which was the next album released in 1977, A Farewell to King, King's that a lot of people do not talk about. It doesn't really have a hit on it other than Closer to the Heart is the one that most people know. Um, But um, I think it's an excellent, excellent album (laughs) that uh, kicks much ass, and it's a great, great, great uh, sequel, even though it has nothing to do with 2112. But it's a great follow-up to... to, It's the the logical follow-up to 2112. It's pretty much like 2012, but they do stretch it a little here and there, finding themselves. This is right before they went too complicated on the next album. Uh, Farewell to Kings is a great. I love this album a lot. I would probably say it's tied for my second with the first album. Um, starting off with, um, well, what do you feel about the album as a whole before we go into each song, uh, Ian? Do you feel like I do? Um... No. You know what that, uh, Yeah. Did, did you get I, what I, I did there? Did you see what I no, did there? I, yeah, I didn't know what you did. <laughs> uh, I, I love this album. I, I love it. But, uh, man, in my opinion, it's sandwiched in between two masterpieces, which is 2112 and Hemispheres. And while I love this album, it has a song that I think is one of the greatest songs of all fucking time. I don't think it it is good as twenty one twelve and Hemispheres and why I think it gets lost, but I still think it is a great album. Oh, interesting. I like it more than Hemispheres. And I'll explain wow. why. I'll okay. explain why. Okay. All right. Well we got a long way to go and a short time to get there. Yeah, well we only got six songs to talk about. We shouldn't dwell too much on them. Uh just you know, pretty much what we feel about them, okay? Uh Fellow the Kings, um, the opening track starts with a little acoustic interlude. Cool, they made a video for this, Xanadu, and Closer to the Heart. Actually, there's videos for these at that time where they were really dressing funky and they make fun of the way they dress. But I liked it. It's that 70s satin look. I, I dug it, man. The robes and stuff. Fuck it, sue me. I wish they would go back to wearing that, you know? Nice. Um, but, you know, a song, I guess, about civilization and, uh, you know... Uh, I don't know. I, I read the lyrics today, trying to get into it, and yeah, you know, I guess it's pretty much of the time. Like we can even, it can even apply to today. A Fellow of Kings is a a great song. I, I dig it. What what do you think? 
Well, first of all, I'd never try to interpret fucking Neil, Neil Peart's fucking lyrics because that motherfucker is a thousand times smarter than me. Yeah, he gets but a lot the, of his inspiration from books, too. Right, right. And, and I, I'm a reader. I'm a reader. I like to read, but this motherfucker's way more than me. But, ooh, excuse me. Oh, goddamn. I'm way fucking drunk. Um, I love it. I love it. I love the, the, the start, stop fucking of the musically of the song. Uh, oh, excuse me. It's all over the place musically. I love that. You know, it's like, dun, dun, dun. you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's fucking rushed through and through. It's a great, great fucking song. It's very excellent. <laughs> uh, and and it, 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 it's it's a Rush classic. Like, when I think of Rush, I think of songs like Farewell to Kings. Like, my Rush. The Rush that I know and love is songs like Farewell to Kings. And, uh, man, I... It, it's just a great, a great fucking track and a great opener. But uh, then we go into Xanadu, which holy fucking shit, Xanadu. Seriously, people, Xanadu. With Olivia Newton-John, by the way. No. Oh, no, no. wrong one. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 wrong one. Seriously. Seriously. Call up your dealer. (laughs) Change your order. (laughs) <laughs> Say no, I want to spend the extra like fifty bucks or whatever and get the good good. <laughs> you know, I want the dro. <laughs> get the best fucking weed you can. The best fucking turntable, the best fucking headphones, and put on fucking Xanadu. Holy fucking shit. I put this song up against the best of Led Zeppelin, the best of Black Sabbath. This is one of the, the greatest songs of all time. So epic. So fucking epic. Musically. Lyrically. Oh my god. Xanadu. Um, god damn. I love some fucking Rush, dude. I love some fucking Rush. But I don't know if they've ever done this again. I, I, I really don't. And they've done some great songs that I know and love, everybody knows and love, but I don't know if they've ever done Xanadu again. Or if any band could. You know, I can't hold that against them, dude. Xanadu, dude, that's that's a fucking... That, it's, it's 70s rock, people. Like, you know, like, you know, people in the 70s or the, the 80s who went back and enjoyed it, or, I mean, if you weren't there, you don't know. There's something about 70s rock that is just so fucking epic and awesome and this is everything plus a really fucking strong bong hit I I fucking love Xanadu what you got there Dr. Fuck well as you were saying earlier and I do agree you get the best best weed to listen to this and you know it is a long song chances are you're gonna get munchies during it so uh, you know dine on some honeydew and drink some milk it's awesome for this song too I love this song. When I first saw Rush back in the 2112 tour, I mean, 2112, listen to me, back on the Moving Pictures tour, which is no, not that much different. I'm an old fucker. I saw him all the way on Moving Pictures twice, by the way. I saw that tour twice. Uh, once in Lakeland and once in uh, Hollywood Sportatorium. They played Xanadu both shows. Yes, I saw them play this motherfucker. 
great, great song. My favorite off the album. No, it's not my favorite off the album, actually. What? No, it's not. Wow. There's a song wow. that I, I like more than uh, Zan. Holy shit. I mean, you know what? I would probably even say it's like my favorite Rush song. Man, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. But it's Holy definitely it's shit. definitely in my top three of favorite Rush songs. And it's not Xanadu. Xanadu would make top, my top five. Uh, really? Yeah. Only only top five, not top three. Um. Yeah. You know what? It will probably make the, my top three. Which the other song that I like more would be either okay. two or one. Okay. All right. Yeah, I love it. Um. Then going into closer to the heart, the song that's most well known, the one that I think the only one I ever heard on the radio uh, from this album. Uh, kind of like a romantic song for Rush. Um, but it's also a song about hope and I think it's, um, I think it's a really good song. Uh, I really do like Close to Heart. Always liked it. Um, great single. Um, not much more I can say about it. So it's, it's a cool track. I dig it, man. What do you think, Ian? Um, I hate this fucking song. I, I really 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 hate this fucking song wow and yeah I, and I i don't i don't know why i mean i mean i do know why but god damn it would take me forever to tell you i think this song just sucks on every fucking level and it really pisses me off because it's one of those like wow this is like you know it's up there with like tom sawyer and shit like that like, like people know this song and they love it and I don't get it, man. I just do not fucking get it. I mean, this is like a throwaway of a throw. To me, this is their bet. And anybody who listens to our Kiss reviews know I hate fucking bet. And I hate fucking Closer to the Heart. I mean, this is just... To me, this is beneath them. And, oh, God! I hate this fucking song. And, and Jesus Christ. I remember when they put out... Uh, was a horrible live album they put out. Um, uh, there was only one they put out that really sucked. Um, I wouldn't know. All I know is uh, Exit Stage Left and the. Uh... Oh yeah, yeah. No, it was the one. Uh, oh my god, it was the one after fucking. Um... Shit. Uh, it was the one after Hold Your Fire. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. Uh, and anyway, you know, and then they brought this back. This was like the one old school track that they brought. Because I, I do think that's kind of cool. They used to do that. Like, as they would do a live album, they would pick up where the last li- uh, live album left off, you know, and add new tracks, which I think is a great concept. But at the time, unfortunately, I think they were doing shitty music. But this was like the one old school track they brought back. And I'm like, you know what? Fucking Closer to the Heart fucking sucks. I hate this fucking song. I really... This is like some really bad Kansas or Boston, you know, I don't know, Boston, yeah, shit, even Amanda's better than this shit, this is, this is like some bad, I don't know, this is like bad Molly Hatchet, it's even worse than that, it's, I don't know, I hate Close to the Heart, I really, really hate this fucking song, fuck it, why don't you go into Cinderella Man? Cinderella Man rocks, now this is a great damn song with the acoustic cranking and the electric guitars, and uh, not quite sure what the song means, is it? Like, uh, is Cinderella Man gay? I don't know. I mean, it, it kind of alludes to it in the lyrics. You know, people don't understand them. Uh, but 
at the same time, there is a part where it says uh, he's moral. So I'm not a homophobe, people, but, you know, gay people aren't really known as moral, especially in the 70s. So um, it's confusing. I really don't know what this song's about. I, I, I do know it's not about a boxer that they made a movie for like five, six years ago. Uh, called Cinderella Man. Not to be confused with the movie Cinderella Man, as the Egghead used to say on our show. Um, I love this song. Probably my uh, third favorite off the album. Cinderella Man. Rocks. Great song. What do you think? Uh, I love Cinderella Man. I love, love Cinderella Man. And and, and it hurts me uh, that this song is actually about a... You know about our former co-host. Oh, it, is it's, it? it's yeah, it's 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 about a man that's light in the loafers and even lighter in intelligence. Um, but it is a great, great song. I I love how it goes back. Like it's almost a ballad, and then it's a rocker. Uh, total fucking deep cut. Uh, all the lyrics on this were written by Getty Lee, which at a time, uh, excuse me again. Uh, where all the lyrics were written by Neil Peart. But Getty Lee wrote everything on this. Uh, sorry. Um, awesome. Awesome fucking track. Uh, this is the kind of shit, like... I, I mean, Rush is pretty cool, like, when they tour now. I mean, they do have a pretty, pretty diverse set list. But, man, if you could bring in, like, a song like Cinderella Man... And that's the thing about, like, Rush fans. Rush fans are so, like, crazy. And, like, they're like uh, they're like KISS fans, but smarter with better jobs. You know? And if you would if you would bring in, you know, a fucking a track like this, they would go, like, fucking ape shit. And would probably do your taxes for, like, a third of the price. Just because they're so fucking happy. Those, those fucking accountants that are Rush fans. And I love them. I'm just a dumb Rush fan. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a smart Rush fan. You know that uh, uh, one thing that I forgot to mention? Cinderella Man came out on a... There's a CD they put out that was accompanied with a live album. I don't know if you know this. Uh, they put an, a bonus CD. I own it. It's uh, Live at Hammersmith, 1978. And uh, Oh, the one that came out with different stages? Oh, uh, that's the one. Yeah, that's the yeah, one. Yeah. What a great oh, yeah. live album that is. Oh, um, Cinderella Man was the closing track. Well, I don't know if it was that night, but it is on the CD. It's the last track on the CD, Cinderella Man. Right, right, right. But on, but on the 78 track list, not like on the new. No, 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 no. The 78 Hammersmith show. Right, right, right. All and right, they okay. also played Xanadu and Farewell to Kings on it, right, too. Right, right, right. Something for Nothing, Cygnus. Awesome. Know, it, that, that was, I believe, the Test for Echo Tour? Yes. Yes, yes it is, which I saw. That was the first time I saw Rush since the Signals tour. Wow. Yeah, I stopped going to Rush shows, and I, and when I heard Counterparts, I loved that. I don't know if they came down here, but Test for Echoes, I loved that too, so I went to go see that show. Anyway, nice. um, uh, you want to take the next track? All right. Uh, Mad- Madrigal? Madrigal? How Ma- the fuck you say Mad- Madrigal, I think. Madrigal. Mad- Madrigal. I'll tell you what. That, that is fucking two minutes and 35 seconds of fucking brilliance. Beautiful. Beautiful short ballad. Uh, God damn, Getty just sounds amazing on that. Uh, Alex and fucking uh, Neil 
are perfect and it's because nobody overplays anything it's a it's a very simplistic song uh where the song is served and i i, I love that i mean especially in a band like rush that is you know filled with amazing musicians who could go anywhere and just masturbatory overplay everything on a song like this just every everybody plays what's suited for the song it's very short and amazing I absolutely love this song, and this is another one, like, really, like, you want to really make some fucking nerds happy, play this shit at a Rush show, and you're going to see a lot of nerds just, like, do nerdy shit, you know, and be nice to people, and, you know, not riot, they'll just, you know, sit there and be nerdy, but I love this fucking song, it's absolutely amazing, what do you think, Ralph? Uh, I feel about this song the same way you feel about Closer to the Heart. Oh no! Really? Yeah, yeah man. Oh like, wow! Like really? I said, like I said earlier in the review, I think they only did one good ballad. Oh, and that was hereafter oh. from here again from the first time. Oh, okay, all right, all right. I'm exaggerating. I don't hate it as much as you all hate right. Close to the Heart, but yeah, it's one I song that I just don't care for. I just don't. Really? Um, okay. All right. Maybe I don't know. Uh, but. There's only one song left, and what did I say earlier during Xanadu? My favorite song would be the what? last song. Yes. Signix okay. X1 is my favorite song off the album, and definitely my top three of all Rush songs. This man, you talk about putting the headphones on and getting uh, this one. Fuck weed. Take acid and listen to this one. This is some good shit, man. It's actually part one. Part two starts off. Uh, Hemispheres, but we'll go into that afterwards. I love that. It's so tight. It's so fucking tight. You know, it's like, you know, oh man. And they played this live on the Hammersmith show, that CD, but I've never, ever seen them play this live. Um, The, the countless times I saw Rush. Because I never missed a Rush show after Test for Echoes. That came down here. They they sometimes came down here two times during a show, and I'd go see it, which would be a mistake because, like, I, the snake and ladders, and you know, I'd go see it again, and they never threw in a new song. So it was like, oh look, I'm seeing the same Rush song, but this time I'm I'm watching it under a roof where the first time was outside. But anyway, um, just going back to Cygnus, um, I guess it's a song about a guy in a spaceship alone. I don't know. That's that's yes. the feel, yeah okay I feel yeah well, that's what's what, it, it, it's about a guy in a spaceship his, his name's his name's Bob Bob and uh, yeah Bob and uh, he's driving into a black hole oh okay I didn't know well, that, yeah yeah he, he yeah it's him flying in a black hole and uh, his name's Bob all right what do you think of uh, Bob's adventure there uh, Ian uh, it's epic dude it's fucking epic. Um, do I fucking suck on its tit as much as you? No. It, it you know, it, it's it's twenty one twelve like you know yeah. when it's like, you know and musically I, and I love that. Dun, 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 dun. You know you got that. It's so fucking tight. It's so fucking tight. And I think the only thing that kills this for me is because of my age and because of how I became a Rush fan. I heard Hemispheres before I heard this album. So I heard part two first. Right. So he- hearing part two first, 
uh, it made this one sound lesser to me. Where maybe if, if I heard this, like, you know, like on opening day, I was at the record store and I heard this, I'd be like, great. But no, I heard Hemispheres first and I heard part two, which I think is miles and miles fucking superior. Um, All right, that I, would be a good segue to get out of this and just finish off the discography, right? Okay, okay. Well, yeah, right. yeah, that's my opinion. Go on, go, go on with the part two that starts off Hemisphere. Cygnus okay, yeah, Cygnus uh, Mach 2, uh, their first adventure. Uh, for those Police Academy fans out there. Uh, I, I, I think it's way superior, way superior. Uh, like I said, not that I hate the first one, I just heard this one first and it just left such an impression. I mean, it's an 18-minute long track. That, that is fucking just takes you everywhere once again smoke the finest fucking herb put on some fucking headphones take a fucking journey dude I mean this shit's fucking awesome uh, hemispheres I fucking love uh, I mean Jesus Christ you got sickness part 2 uh, the trees which I like it's kind of overplayed but I think it's a great song uh, circumstances it, I really love uh, fucking what else is on La, that? La uh, well, not that there's one song I'm missing, right? No, that's it. Four tracks oh, that's on that it. album. Oh, God, La Via La Stragato, whatever the fuck it is. Oh, fucking hey. Dude, you want to talk about a song? Get your fucking dick hard. Jesus fucking Christ. That is, uh, oh, epic fucking track. I don't want to get into it because you never know. One of these days later on down the road, we could do this album, you know, song for song. But that's a fucking masterpiece, in my opinion. What do you think, Ralph? Uh, I love this whole album except for Sickness Book Book 2. Really? I don't like it. I've I've so Ah. tried. I've tried. Ah. And I used to make a, you know, to show you how much I tried to get into it, back in the, you know, making tape days, I used to have a rush mix where I would have Cygnus 1 and 2 together, back to back, that I would listen to it. I've heard this song so many times that it's just too, I don't know, it goes way over my head. There's certain little elements that's okay, but to me, Cygnus 1 has, is the, I don't know, it flows better, it's more memorable, it does more to me. Now, as for the rest of uh, Hemisphere, side 2, awesome. Circumstances, Trees, La Vila, Sergiato. All excellent tunes, and also uh, I believe side two was all filmed too for videos. Uh, yes, yeah, there's which is group. awesome. I love that. I love you know a, a, a little tidbit back in the day HBO. I'm talking the very early days of HBO. I think the HBO came out in the, in, the, in the 70s, but I I caught yeah, a, yeah it did it did. But I had HBO like in the early 80s, and what they would do. Between movies to, to save time, they would show music videos. And video jukebox, you remember video jukebox? Yeah, yeah. They would show uh, the trees, circumstances, and the feet of Stranjato. I'm not too sure about circumstances, but I know those two for sure. They would show on HBO in between movies, which was awesome. Uh, then we go to 1980s Permanent Waves, which I think is my very first Rush album. Awesome fucking album. Um. Uh, Entrain Noise is that the name of that song? Yeah, fu- as close as I can fucking pronounce it. Oh man, what a great, beautiful song that is! 
And, you know, of course, Spear of the Radio, Free Will, Jacob's Ladder is awesome. Different Strings is, eh, Natural Science I love. Uh, great, great album. What do you feel of Permanent Waves? Oh, I, I love every fucking track. I even like the Different Strings one you don't like. Yeah, but, no, uh, it's not that I hate it. It's like my least favorite on it. Right, all right. No, no, it's great. And, and a lot of times, man, it's, uh, man, I don't you know, I go back and forth. Sometimes I actually think uh, I really prefer that to fucking the next one that is considered their fucking nexus, which is moving pictures. Yes. Uh, I love moving pictures. Uh, no, actually, I guess because I own permanent uh, wave first, uh, I can't say moving pictures is better, but I don't know. I, I can say that every song on moving pictures I love. Camera Eye, I'm a little, I don't know. It doesn't really... It's, to me, it's like the one track I'm not too into. But shit, Vital Signs of Witch Hunt are like my standout tracks. And YYZ is... I mean, I never get sick of YYZ. And it's always like my favorite part of a Rush show is when oh. they play YYZ. Oh, oh, for sure, dude. YYZ is... I, I hate to say this, but it might be my most favorite fucking Rush track of all time. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. It's definitely I, I... up in my top five. I, I love YYZ. You know what song I really fucking hate? What? I really fucking hate is Red Barchetta. Wow, I love that one. Yeah, I really fuck. I remember the first time I saw him, me and Mike Zeller, uh, saw him on the fucking Presto Tour. What a fucking trip that was. Mike Zeller, if you're listening, you know why. Uh, that's because we took a hooker with us in a limo. <laughs> and, we were, and we were 16. Mike knows the rest of the story. But anyway, uh, funny limo driver takes us there. We get there late, and he had never been to Alpine Valley, Wisconsin. Takes us to the fucking backstage instead of where you're supposed to drop people off. We see Mr. Big was the opening band. They're walking off the stage. He rolls down the window, and they're like, "Is this Rush?" And he's like, "No, I'm trying to get these boys to the show." And they're like, "You're in the wrong fucking place. Get the fuck away from here." But anyway. <laughs> Yeah, we went we went to see Rush on the Presto tour with a fucking uh, Ziploc bag full of weed and a fucking hooker. Nice. So so fill in the blanks. But anyway, um, where was I? Oh, Red, Bar- Red Barchetta. Yeah, Red Barchetta. They played that, and I was like, ugh. Uh, yeah, like Red Barchetta and Manhattan Project. I remember so much from that concert. Like, uh, take these both these songs and shove them up your ass. I don't really give a fuck. Um. Camera Eyes, okay. Uh, even Witch Hunt to me is okay. Oh, I love Witch Hunt. It's one of my favorites. I, well, I mean, I mean, I like it, but I'm not like, ugh. You, you, you know what that I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I love is fucking Vital Signs. Yeah. I I fucking love... And a lot of people look at that as like, that's a, like, ugh. Oh, no, no. I, that's one of the I, best songs on the album. Probably yeah, my favorite. No, no, but a lot of fucking Rush fans are like, ugh. But to me, it's like, you know, you fuck Red Barchetta. That, to me, that's fucking, I don't know. That's It's, it's a better lame. song, I think. Really? Well, I don't know. I, Vital Signs to me is fucking No, amazing. I'm saying Vital Signs is a better song than Red Barchetta. Oh, oh well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, like uh, I like it a lot. So that that's my opinion of moving pictures. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, don't get me wrong. The shit that's on there... <coughs> Is classic for a reason, but that's why I kind of lean towards moving pictures more. 
But then we go into signals. So what do you think of signals? Well, before signals, exit stage left, which I would have to say is my favorite live. Oh yeah, I I like it. I like it actually more than uh, all the world's a stage. I guess because it has a little more shade to it. Um, I love Brunsbane, that little instrumental before trees. Uh, Beautiful, beautiful. I just love something that. And also they throw in beneath, between, and behind, which is cool because and uh, um, passage of Bangkok. Two songs from that era, but uh, from the... Well, all, depending all the, on how you got it. If you got it on vinyl, you got it. But if you bought it on CD... No, you you're talking it. about the first pressing. There, you can get yeah. you can get those CDs now with well, the full yeah, thing. Well, nowadays, but you know what I'm talking about. But, you know? but I don't know if you're aware of this. Uh, back in the early days when they only had those two CDs available... They Rush also Chronicles. Had, they had Rush Chronicles, yeah. which featured the songs that yeah. weren't that were omitted. From Exit Stage Left. I love yeah. Exit Stage Left. I actually saw that tour, which that's why when I say I saw the moving pictures tour twice, it's really I saw Exit Stage Left in Lakeland, Florida. I won tickets. Let me tell you this story. This is a funny story. I won tickets to go see Rush in Lakeland, and it was this radio station called the K102 Party Bus. And boy, they weren't kidding. Because when me and my brother went to the radio station, we're waiting for the bus to show up, me and my brother got so high. Because, you know, we can't smoke on the bus weed. So we smoked a lot of weed before the bus arrived. We get in the bus, and we're waiting to get to Lakeland, smoke some more weed, and all of a sudden, I smell weed. The fucking people in the bus, the DJs, everybody was smoking weed. And they pulled over and got a keg of beer. So so there you go. So um, my point is that uh, uh, then I saw the Exit Stage Left Tour, which was... It was awesome, but my friend lent me his binoculars, and I passed out drunk. And when I woke up, my binoculars, his binoculars were gone, which sucked. I had to buy him a pair of new binoculars. But that's my story on Exit Stage Left. Going into Signals, the va- very last time I went to go see Rush. Uh, oh, wait, the- wait, 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 wait. Oh, yeah, wait, your, wait. your your, your uh, opinion on Exit Stage Left. Yeah, I, I dig it. All right. So then we go into Signals. <laughs> <laughs> so then we go into Signals, and this is where... Uh, the keyboard gets a little more predominant with subdivisions. My favorite track, Analog Kid. I don't know. Chemistry, Digital Man. Eh, Digital Man's all right. The Weapon, eh. New World Man, oh, pretty good. L- losing it, eh. Countdown, yeah, I love that one. Uh, as a whole, you know, it's just, it, this is when they started to lose me. Uh, what do you feel about Signals? Uh, I, I love Signals. I, I love it, but... Uh... I didn't listen to Signals when it came out. I mean, I didn't fucking listen to fucking Moving Pictures when it came out. My first fucking Rush album was Presto. And we'll, we'll get there when we get to it. But, uh... So you can't understand... I, I didn't come up like you did. You know, we're like, okay, certain albums are gonna fucking turn you off. I mean, we went through this shit before. Like, okay, uh... You know, you give fucking that horrible fucking into the outdoor a nice review because of when it came out who you were where you were at yeah i i i love fucking somewhere in time because it was my first maiden album and you like presto uh, too right yeah and i love presto yeah, there my, you go. My, my girlfriend i love her to death she loves fucking the black album and load because right. that's that's when she came into it so I mean, yeah, you got to give a certain fucking pass to shit. But in hindsight, like, once I became, like, a total Rush fucking nerd, and I went back and listened to Signals, 
uh, it was fine for me because of all the shit I've heard before and after. You know, it wasn't it wasn't such a shock. It was just another album that I think was full of some really good songs. Was it as strong as uh, Permanent Waves and fucking Moving Pictures? No. But uh, but there's some great shit on there. And the most important thing that really, really makes me sad is it was the last album produced by Terry Brown, who had produced, I believe, from... Um, Permanent Waves, I think. No, 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 from Fly By Night. Oh, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all Terry Brown, dude. That's yeah. all Terry Brown. I think, they had a, I think they had a different one for the first album. And uh, what, what I thought was so cool is fucking Voivod uh, had an album produced by Terry Brown, you know, because he'd done all the Rush stuff, and they're all fucking Canadian. I Voivod. love Voivod. Voivod kicks ass, by the way. I encourage all of us to go check out Voivod. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, Signals is pretty cool. And then it goes into uh, Grace Under Pressure. What do you think about Grace Under Pressure? Uh, an album I didn't even give a chance to in the past because I explained this on a previous episode where Bill Wang, our good buddy Bill Wang, was uh, that was this was his pick of the week on that episode. And, That's cool. uh, and I, I said it then. I said I wasn't aware of this album. Back then I just gave up on Rush. And I didn't care. And um, my friend Ruben De La Rosa kept praising Grace Under Pressure. So I went back. Ruben De La Rosa! I love that guy. Yes. Uh, I went back and listened to it. And I was like, hey, you know, this ain't bad. This is pretty damn good. I, the songs I really liked off it was uh, Red Sector A and After Image. Those were my, yep. my two yep. favorite songs on there. Beneath the, Between the Wheel was cool. And uh, this an early warning was cool too. I, I, I gotta say, I think I like them all. I really do. Even yeah, though no, it's, it's a good of, album. I'm just saying those I mean, are my standout it's, tracks. It's different. It is. It, it is different, dude. I mean, if you love, if what you love is 2112, and then you put that shit on, you know, you better have a wide spectrum, or you're gonna think that shit sucks. But right. I dig it. But uh, I'll tell you what. After that, oh, ugh, ugh went into a piece of shit called fucking Power Windows. Uh, what was the fucking single of this? Big Money? Yeah. Oh, God. What a fucking shit song that was. Oh, and the horrible video where they're on the Monopoly board and fucking, uh, uh, fucking Alex is dressed up like he's fucking Crockett and, and Getty Lee. Like, like, can you give me a worst haircut? No. You know? Oh, my God. Horrible. And I, uh, I, I think fucking Neil had the fucking rat tail fucking thing going on while he's playing the fucking uh, robot drums. Oh god, what what a you, you know? But the song's okay, you know. But I, I mean, this, oh, for the most part though, it fucking sucks. It sucks, and I, I, uh, I don't know. It sucks. I love Rush, very talented, but uh, not a big fan of Power Windows. What do you think, brother? I don't want to talk about this fucking album, motherfucker. Go to the next one. All right. All right. Well, if you think that sucks, uh, then you're really going to hate Hold Your Fire, which is really, really even worse. Uh, I'll never forget. Uh, oh, to- sorry, told Terrence move it moment. Uh, I'm listening to this college radio station that played metal, and I called them up, and my request was Love Bites by uh, Judas Priest and they're like Love Bites they're laughing at me while I'm requesting it <laughs> like Love Bites like what a stupid fucking title the funny thing is like four months later 
they wouldn't stop playing Love Bites by fucking uh, Death Leopard. But uh, they wouldn't play Judas Priest. But anyway, their big thing that night was like, ooh, we got the new fucking uh, Rush out. It's called Hold Your Fire, and it's on Mercury Records. You know, I mean, it was horrible, like, DJ like that. Uh, sweep cessation, then sweep of the nation. Fucking terrible. And they play this fucking horrible Rush shit that just sounds like a fucking a robot. You know, oh, my God, it's like PlayStation. You know, yeah, that's what it was, dude. It was fucking robot music. Uh, that's sad because they're such good musicians. You know, and for them to like, you know, I know Lifeson wasn't happy at the time, but uh, you know, you got Genny Lee who's like playing synth bass, playing synth with his toes, you know, singing through a Casio mic, and then you got a fucking, uh, you know, Neil playing fucking all computerized Thomas. It's terrible. What do you think of Hold Your Fire? Dude, why the fuck are you doing this to me? Get to the next album. Oh, all right. All right, after that, they did another shitty live album. That's the one I can't fucking... Uh, um... I don't even know that one, so... Oh, okay. Well, it's just it, it's shitty songs off of Power Windows and uh, Hold Your Fire, which we can't remember. But then after that, we get to Presto. I love Presto. Presto, the first album produced by Rupert Hine. I believe this came out in 89. The lead single was uh, Show Don't Tell. And... It, it, it's one of those things like I'm I'm sure so many fucking Rush fans would be like oh that album sucks but it was the first one I heard and I would drive around with my buddy Mike Zeller and we would play this over and over and it was my first Rush I fell in love with it and then that's how I led back to everything else or everything forward so I, I give a total pass for fucking Presto I love it what do you think Ralph so, you don't like Into the Outdoor, but you like Presto. Fuck you. Get to the next album. Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Presto buries Into the Outdoor. Fuck you, hot dog. Uh, Jesus Christ. Tacos. Put on the Ritz is more metal than hot dog. Anagram for a Mongol. I love that song. I love that fucking song. All right. Then you go to uh, Roll the Bones, which is their second and today last album produced by Robert Hunt, Rupert Hunt. Um, I love Roll the Bones, dude. I love it. Then again, it was a place in time, dude. I remember I stole money to go buy that. Hmm. Yeah. True story, dude. I stole money to go buy that while I was on a weekend excursion. I guess because it has rap in it. Yes, pretty pretty much. That's uh, That was the influence that drove me to a life of crime. You became a thug. Rock. Yeah. You, pretty... you became gangster of the boat trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Uh... <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, uh... So anyway, I, I love fucking Roll the Bones. What do you think about Roll the Bones? Fuck that album. Look, finally we're gonna get to something decent. That's 1993's Counterparts. Uh, this is where... I like I, that. Yeah, I fucking... I remember it was Headbangers Ball, actually. Showed Stick It Out. And I was like, whoa, Rush is back. Oh, now, great. No keyboards. All fucking heaviness killer album I actually because of that album I went out and bought it I loved Animate I loved uh, Leave That Thing Alone I even loved Nobody's Hero which is a song about a guy with AIDS probably um, Cinderella Man Part 2 you know um, you know I just love I thought it was a great solid album uh, what did you think of Counterparts <laughs> uh, 
I, I love it and I hate it. Um, I love that they started getting heavier again. I mean, those songs were amazing when you first heard that. But they went back to Peter Collins, who was last their producer, I believe, on Hold Your Fire. Even though I think the material was harder, the production wasn't harder. The production was very sterile to me, almost like a Bruce Fairburn uh, fucking like early 90s Aerosmith album kind of shitty production. But the songs were good. So, in synopsis, I, I love... I love the songs. I hate the production. Well, um, there are a couple clunkers on the album, but you know, beggars can't be choosers. Wait, 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 which clunkers? What, what did you hate? I I didn't like Double Agent that much. Uh, Cold Fire was cool. I like Cold Fire a lot. Yeah, Double Agent. I'll give you that one. Um, Speed of Love was. Uh, I like that song. Like it's all right. Between Sun that. and Moon. Uh, Cut to the chase. Uh, I mean. Uh, but you know, I mean, it was—I didn't care because Rush was like back to doing some heavy stuff again. So I, I, I didn't really like go, oh fuck these songs, fuck this album. You know, it's like right. Well, see, that's that's why I think it's kind of overrated. I think there's some really great songs, and then there's some other ones like you totally give a pass to because you're like, oh well, that's so awesome. I'll forgive fucking yeah. you know. Gotcha. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. Awesome. Okay, we agree. What uh, next? One is Test for Echo. Test for Echo. When I finally first saw them again live since the Signals tour, I love this song. I love the the title track. Favorite track is Driven. Cool fucking riff on that one. Um, I liked uh, what was that other song on there? Uh, it was Dog Years. Dog Years was cool. Um, <laughs> Resist. Oh, I, oh, Resist, I love it. That was a good song. That's a, a really good song. Great, great album. Uh, 1996, uh, Test for Echoes. To me, a, re- a total return to form. Uh, they took what they did on Counterparts, and not as heavy as Stick It Out and stuff like that, but, you know, you can see the elements of them going back to their roots, but, you know, throwing in a couple keyboard things there that really didn't annoy me, like Power Windows and such. Uh, great, great album. Uh, Test for Echoes, I loved it. What'd you think? Uh, not bad. At the time, I went back and listened to it later. At the time it came back, dude, I was totally on another uh, trip. You know, Rush was, and I'm as much as I love Counterparts, I was like, eh. You know, I was listening to different shit. I went back and listened to it years later. I liked it. You know, there's some songs that I really do love, but as a whole, it, you know, ain't in my fucking top 15. But you know it's not the work. You know it's not the fucking elder either. But then we go into uh, oh my god, there's an awesome album called Different Stages Live Album. Oh yeah, we we, oh. we talked about that earlier. Yeah, yeah, With that's the awesome. bonus disc. Oh yeah, and then it goes into Vapor Trails. Uh, it was their next studio album after the whole shit happened with fucking uh, Neil Peart's wife and daughter, horrible deaths, sad tragedy for the band go into inactivity and then they come back with vapor trails and I dig it I dig vapor trails Uh, lyrically it might be a little bit too like optimistic like fucking psycho circus fucking kiss bullshit than I would usually like but uh man sonically you know it was just it was so good to hear Rush again what do you think I thought it started amazingly with one little victory that drum intro is just oh that's nice and the heaviness of that song the riffs it's just 
To me, I think they blew their load on that first song. The rest of it just doesn't stick with me like uh, the, the prior two albums. But One Little Victory is a great, great song. I thought the song Vapor Trails was pretty cool. And uh, there was another one that I can't remember. I think it was maybe Ghost Rider. Um, there was another track on that one I liked a lot. Yeah, Octopus's Garden. Huh? I could be wrong. <laughs> well, then we go into the 2004 covers album, Feedback, which uh, I don't know, man. To tell you the truth, I listened to it maybe once. And I don't know, man. I mean, I can understand why they did it. Because, you know, they it's songs they grew up on and they wanted to record them. Which is cool, but to me it's extremely forgettable and I didn't really care for it. I don't want to hear Rush do cover songs that aren't, you know, that, that are nothing like Rush songs since the first album. You know what I mean? So I didn't really care for feedback too much. What do you think? Um, I couldn't disagree more. I loved it. I fucking loved it. And I loved him here and doing, you know, like cream and shit. And, uh, uh, they do some fun, like Buffalo Springfield or some Neil Young shit or some other shit. I don't know. I'm fucking drunk. I can't remember what they do. On they it. did, they did my favorite Who song, The Seeker. Oh, yeah. Oh, they did an amazing job. I love their yeah, version yeah, of the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I think about That is a great deep fucking cut. I mean, it's a deep cut anyway when it's done by the Who. It's even deeper when fucking Rush does it. And, uh, oh, God damn, damn. I want to stop doing the podcast right now and listen to it. It's fucking awesome. Uh, I saw them in that tour. It was like the Rush 30 tour. Uh, and it was a great, great fucking tour. Uh, that EP had just came out, and I, I I loved it for what it was. I thought they did good on the song selection, which is very important on the tribute one. I mean, because you can go totally, like, way too obvious or too boring, like, oh, nobody wants to hear that song. It was like, you know, you're on a Kiss tribute, and you're, oh, let me do Rock and Roll Over, or Rock and Roll All Night. Nobody wants to hear that fucking shit, you know? I thought they picked some cool fucking songs. I think there's some Steppenwolf on there. I don't know. I know they but, did. They did Cream and uh, they did Cream and the Who and uh, I believe they did Love. Uh, uh, maybe I could be wrong. I don't know. Who did Shapes of Things? Was that Cream? Oh, that's Yardbirds. Yardbirds. Shapes. Yeah, yeah. Things before my yeah yeah that's uh, yeah, Yardbirds. Summertime uh, Blues. Who did Summertime Blues? The Who? Or uh, Blue uh, Cheer. Blue Cheer. I mean, that's the, uh, you know... That's even prior infamous. to The Who, right? Right, right, yeah. It's the infamous version. Oh, okay. uh, but well, I don't know. I, I, I think you're all good, but enough about this. Go to the next one. Snakes and Arrows, I, I'm sorry. I just couldn't get into I tried. It's not horrible, but it's just very... I don't know, man. A little. It just went over my head. That's all I can really? say about Snakes. Yeah, man. For some really? Reason, I, I, it didn't grab me, dude. I don't know. I find that surprising. Mostly because I find anything surprising because I never listen to Snakes Heroes. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I don't know that fucking album. I've got it and I've never even listened to it. I have maybe so. a couple times and I never revisited. So, I mean, yeah. it may be a grower and maybe an amazing album, but like as of now, as of, you know, 2015, early 2015, I feel it's. Uh, it's a, you know, it, it just didn't grab me. Unlike their last one, 
2012 Clockwork Angel, which I thought was fucking awesome. And really, believe it or not, I think it's the best thing they did since moving pictures. Really? Yes. yes. I liked it more than Signals and Grace Under Pressure than Test for Echoes and Counterparts. <laughs> I thought it was, dude, the song Headlong Flight is, dude, that shit sounds like kind of like Anthem. You know, it's so heavy, you know. Wow. And, and I wow. love, like, the song Crocker Ranger, that, the, anarch- the anarchist, awesome song, you know, Caravan. <laughs> um, geez, there's so many good songs. The Garden is a great song. Um, I love the uh, tw- uh, tw- 2012's Clockwork Angel is an amazing return to form and it's a concept album I don't know what it's about but I love the hell out of Clockwork Angel and I saw that tour and it was phenomenal great they played a lot of songs off this album and I didn't complain so uh, what do you feel about it you didn't like it huh <laughs> Clockwork Angel you, you think it's the best fucking album since fucking Moving Pictures? Yes. Is that what you said? Yes, but I, I, but in my defense, I will also say there's no analog kit on this album. You know, there's no, right. you know, uh, Red Sector A. I mean, it doesn't have, like, these amazing songs that some of the other albums did that I would say is better. Like, you know, Stick It Out and Driven. You know, I like those songs more than all the songs on this album. But as, a, as the album as a whole... I really did like this album a lot. It kept me interested. It's like, unlike Snakes okay. and Arrows, I could put okay. this on and listen to the whole thing. And I did okay. many times. All right. Well, <laughs> my esteemed ghost thinks it's the best fucking album since fucking Moving Pictures. That's where we disagree. Because I think it's the best fucking album since goddamn Permanent Fucking Waves. Wow. Uh, I love you. You you got me. You really, man. Even as drunk as you are, (laughs) you fooled me. I thought you were gonna hate this. Oh no, dude. No, 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 no. I really love this album. And from the first time I heard the first signal, uh, I'm sorry, single. I was like, holy shit, Uh, Nick. What the fuck's his name? Raskamulas or something. I think it's fucking Greek or some shit like that. I know I'm mispronouncing it. But oh my god, the sound on this album. Yeah, but he gets out of this band at this at this stage in their career. Uh, excuse me. Holy fucking shit, dude! You gotta check out Clockwork, Clockwork Angels, dude. An amazing, amazing album that that gives me hope for bands that like are up there. You can do an album this good, you know. You can if you really want to. If you ignore all the bullshit. All the fucking hype surrounding you just get secluded and fucking make music like you used to and connect as people. Jesus Christ, dude. For a band like Rush to put on like Clockwork Angel Post restores my faith in humanity and I hate people. But this is just, wow. An amazing. I, I, I love this album. I great, love great it. album. It almost makes me wish that they would stop making albums and end their career with this one. But, oh, I would, I, would, I would be happy as much as I would love to, hey, try it again. Yeah. Oh, my God. If they ended on Clockwork Angels, I'm like, dude. Yeah, what a great, <laughs> yeah, it'd be a great book bookend. <laughs> right, know? right. Like, like, oh, my God. Like, like 2112 was on the chin, and now you shot me in the eye? 
You know? Holy shit. Great, great album. And that completes our... uh, This has been a unique episode, Ian, where we actually talked about the whole discography and just, you know, talked about the songs off of uh, Farewell to King. So uh, is there any closing thing you want to say about Rush? Uh, I I love Rush. I have much much respect for Rush. Uh, They're they're so different, but they're one of those bands, like, I, I don't have to be, like, there's certain bands, like, Okay, I got to be in the mood to listen to that. I am always happy to listen to Rush, no matter what era. I, I a man in musicianship. I know they're trying their hardest, even when they fail. Um, amazing. I love well, Rush. I, well, what I have to say about Rush is, out of all those albums, I hate if they and they do every time I go see them. They throw out songs from those albums live, and I appreciate those songs live for some reason. I, they don't bore me. They are such a great band that when they play songs I don't like, I still like uh, you know the the live experience of Rush because of the musicianship, the you know um, Neil's f- drumming, you know the bass playing, the, you know every the full package. Man, watching them even play songs that I consider crappy is much more tolerable live. They are an exceptionally great live band. And I love that they play so long and they throw in all they can. I mean, a lot of times they don't throw in songs I want to hear. I mean, I would love to hear, like, you know, Beneath Between, you know, or, um, you know, Farewell to Kings or, you know, Cygnus and stuff like that. Lakeside Park. Lakeside Park. But, you know, they did throw, they throw out sometimes gems. I saw them one time they threw out Passage to Bangkok, which was great. Um, There was another time I saw them do the whole new movie pictures. Um, which I got to see, you know, Vital Signs. and uh, Which, oh, I also have to add, they didn't play Vital Signs when I saw the movie pictures tour, but they did play Vital Signs on the Signals tour. Um, so I did see them right. play that live. And, you know, uh, you know, uh, Witch Hunt 2 was another one that they played on the Signals tour, but not on movie pictures, at least not the shows I saw. And, um, and I, I want to remind our fans that I saw them on the Presto tour with a hooker. Yeah. In a limo. Mike, Mike Zeller and a bag of weed in a limo. In a limo. That's awesome. True story. Yeah. So uh, that's it. Uh, I love Rush. Great, great band. One of my favorites. Uh, and another weird thing about Rush is that I'm not a prog fan. And I'm far from a nerd. Like, because you know, I'm academically, educationally kind of like, you know, like uh, dull. So, you know, I don't really fit the mold of... Uh, Accountants and stuff like that, like your nerdy Rush fans. I just love Rush because when they rock, you know, they, they fucking rock. You know, they're they're the most heavy metal prog band that I know of. You know, and uh, fuck yeah, Rush rules, man. Anything else you want to add, Ian? Or you want to go straight to pick of the week? Pick of the week. Man. Then go for it, dude. I always give you the first shot. First day right. pick of the week. All right, pick of the week. And... I hope I didn't do this. I'm fucked up, so I hope I didn't pick this already. But if I did, you know, it's so fucking awesome, it's worth it again. That is the second album by Blue Oyster Cult. Tyranny and Mutation. No, no, you picked... Which is the one with the airplane? Secret Treaties. Yeah, you you had that as pick of the week. Okay, awesome. Well, you know what's even better than Secret Treaties? is fucking tiring and mutation. Holy shit. The red and black. OD on life itself. Hot rails to hell. 
seven fucking screaming Dizbusters, Baby Ice Dog, Wings Wetted Down, Teen Archer, and Mistress of the Salmon Salt, aka Quick Lime Girl. This is fucking 70s hard rock, art rock, metal. It's so amazing on so many levels. If you really think like, oh, I know Godzilla, or I know fucking, uh, you know, fucking Don't Fear the Reaper. You don't know shit. You don't know shit. Go back, listen specifically what they call the black and white period, which is the first three Blue Oyster Cult albums. First one's self-titled Blue Oyster Cult. This one, Tyranny Mutation and Secret Treaties. Amazing, amazing rock and roll. I love all their albums, but, um... I'll tell you what, I, I put the black and white era up against Led Zeppelin, up against uh, Black Sabbath. Just amazing, smart, heavy fucking metal. I love it. What you got there, Dr. Fuck? Well, I, I just want to touch on that one. Yeah, I love that one too. I, I love a lot of early Blue Cult, but um, I don't know. Some of them I felt had a lot of fillers, and no, none of the black and white albums did. But uh, which is the one with Don't Fear the Reaper? Um, That's uh, uh, Agents of Fortune. Agents of Fortune had Tattooed Vampire. Awesome song. Good. Love, Don't Fe- Love, Love Don't Feel the, the Reaper. What's that summer Good. song? What is it called? Uh, summer Love. Is that E.T. something? I don't know. Yeah, E.T. Uh, Extraterrestrial Intelligence. That's it. That's it. That's all I liked off that album. I felt that album was so chock full of filler. And the same thing with the one with Godzilla. It had a lot of fillers on it. I love the album, the live one. Enchanted Evening. Not Enchanted Evening. Some Enchanted Evening. Is that the one with the car in the front? Uh, no, the one with the car is On Your Feet or that, On Your that Feet. That one. Oh, that's oh, yeah. the one. Well, see, that that is that was their first live album. They tried to capitalize on what Kiss did. Uh, it was all songs off the first three Blue Easter Cold albums. Great album. And, Oh my god! Amazing live album, really, really. That was the one. Like, okay, like if uh, you know, just you know, to Kiss's Destroyer, Agents of Fortune was their destroyer because what they really made it big on was on your feet or on your knees. I love that album. That's Summer Chani uh, Evening. Believe it or not, disappointed me. Uh, I wasn't too. I, I bought that one as a kid live, the live album. Well, what an album cover, though. I love oh, That's why I bought it, because that Grim Reaper, I was like, oh, God, I get this. You know? That Going Through the Desert? Oh, my yeah, yeah. God. One yeah. of the best albums of all time. Great stuff, you know. Uh, Blur's the Cult. My personal favorite Blur's the Cult, and this is going to sound weird and trendy, was Fire of Unknown Origin. That's the one I feel See, like. I don't know. I, I just I, love that album. I, I, I love it. I, I love Byron Origin, but I don't see why you could pick it that above, like, Terry yeah. Mutation. That's why we have future episodes. Yeah, there you go. We'll get into All that right. maybe in, in, in the future. All right, my pick of the week, and I'll be pretty shocked if you know of this band, uh, Ian. It's a band called Rape Dape. You ever heard of them? No. Yeah, no. Rape Dape. Oh, they're <laughs> awesome, man. It's an awesome thrash band from the 80s. Yes, they were local. That's why I know of them. But don't, you know, that doesn't really say anything as as far as quality goes because they released... Well, let, let, let me ask you this. I'm sorry not to cut you off, brother. Will, will our listeners be able to find this? It, that's what I just brought up. They just released... Oh, uh, maybe you have to go through Google and uh, just type in Rape Date, Land of Broken Promises. 
It is a double CD where they release all their stuff, their albums and some demos. Uh, also, they turned into Pain God, which was not as good as uh, Rape Day, but they were still good. They even have their demos on this one. Uh, it has Rape Day demos, and it has their EP, Terminal Reality, which is amazing. And yeah, the rest is just demos. you got to hear this, man. If you love Thrash, you will definitely love Rape Day. I highly recommend Land of Broken Promises. Look them up on YouTube, or maybe they're on iTunes. I don't know. And uh, check them out. I highly recommend Rape Tape. Awesome, awesome band. And that's my pick of the week. Ian? Wow. Do, do they have... Can you buy t-shirts? Um, I'm not sure. Maybe not. No. They did reunite and do a reunion <clears throat> show last year. Uh, like, I think it was 2013, really. That they did. That's when this CD was released. Maybe early 2014. They did one reunion show and... That was it. I did uh, bump into uh, uh, the member Pooch, who's a amazing tattoo artist. He came to the Toys for Tots show that Combat played, and uh, it was good to see him again. And uh, Rape Tape. I know it's a weird name for a band, but boy, wow. if you love Thrash, you're going to love Rape Tape. Trust me. I, I will do my best to check that out. It's good shit. So, uh, any clothes? Oh, pick uh, Fan of the Week. Oh, Fan of the Week. We got, we got a, a, I, I think I mentioned him on the show once before, and I fucked his name up because I think I called him uh, uh, Justin Childers, but it's Justin Childers. No, like no, no, Dale. no. His, his last name is Justin Childers, and the reason I know that, and I did bring this up to him before, I used to, I used to bang a whore called, well, I won't say her first name, but her last name was Childers, the same last name, and I asked him. If he was related to her, and, and unfortunately he wasn't, or fortunate, whatever you want to say. But uh, yeah, she was kind of uh, everybody. Everybody had a piece of that childers. Let me just put it that way. Wow. She was awesome. By the way, I, I, I'm not talking bad about her. She did what she wanted. I had to respect her. She didn't give a fuck. She wanted to have sex with multiple guys. More power to her, man. When a girl does it, it's wrong. When a guy does it, it's a stud. That's bullshit. Anyway. Uh, so going back to Fan of the Week. Yeah, so I'm going back to Justin Childers, and I'm so I'm I'm so glad that fucking whoever you were with wasn't a fucking relative of his, because I used to totally cornhole fucking Gladys Childers, who who is a direct descendant <laughs> of, of Justin. Oh my God, did she love it in the ass? Damn. Oh my, oh my God, seriously. Seriously, wow. like, you know, 5150 style. Right wow. up her ass, in her ears. Uh, wow, in her ears, but, too. Yeah, yeah. But enough about Justin's mom. Uh, <laughs> he, he's a great friend uh, slash fan of the show. Always, always talking about fucking Maiden and Mr. Adrian Smith, his yeah, favorite guitar yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. Which I love, but... You don't respect. No, you know, I, 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 I'm perplexed by his love for what I consider. Uh, I don't know. Adrian Smith is just like he does absolutely nothing for me. It's like I can think of a million guitar players that are more, you know, memorable than him. But I like Justin because of my, uh, my what a confusion of his love for for Adrian. He's never let it get to him. He, he plays, he plays back at me, and I like people like that. That. You can take their opinions and shit on it, 
and they'll still like look at you and like wink and say, hey man, you don't like it, but I still think Adrian's God. And I respect people like that, you know? So, hey, he's my fan of the week too, Justin. I know you and I, we rib each other a lot, but I really do think you're an all right guy. But I don't like to, I, I just pretend online I don't think that. Well, enough about his anal whore of a mother. He is our friend, uh, fan of the week. And uh, remember, there are many ways to check out the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. As always, come on Podbean. Uh, come on our Facebook page. Come on Justin's mom. Uh, go on Podcast Addict if you have an Android device. If you're on a tablet or a, you know a smartphone, download Podcast Addict. Free app. Type in Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. You get every episode free, every week. As soon as we upload it, you have it. All you do is refresh your page, and that's amazing. And hopefully by the time this is airing, everything works out on our first sponsor, which is Amazon.com. Woo! Yeah, yeah. If everything's working right, come on Amazon.com. There's a little link on our on our uh, Podbean page. You hit that, get whatever you were already going to get off of fucking, uh, you know, Amazon. Like, hey, man, I don't have Fairwall and Kings on 180-gram vinyl. I need that shit. Hey, I don't have it either. Anybody wants to buy it for me, right. go, go through that Amazon link Ian's about to tell you. Right. Oh, definitely. If you're going to buy it for yourself or him, go on that link. That's all you got to do. It doesn't cost you anymore. You go on that, you're like, hey, I'm going to buy this shit. And it sends us a little bit of money. So, you know, next week I'm going to buy cold beer instead of warm beer. Because when I buy warm beer, then i got to buy ice to freeze up the cold beer. It's it's never-ending syndrome. and I need your help. That's but right. we, thank, we thank you so much Hell for listening yeah. how, how you can, when you can. And also, don't forget the fucking YouTube page, which is amazing. Yeah, but, join, the, join the page and tell us, you know, what you think of the show. Leave comments on iTunes and Podbeam. Come on, guys. We want to hear from you. We know you're listening because we get hundreds and hundreds of listeners every week, but we get like two or three comments a week. I mean, what's up with that? Well, it's going to change. You know, the fans are going to step up. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Well, all right. Well... We thank you for joining us this week. And next week, don't forget to come back when we talk about George Michael's solo album debut, Fate. What? Next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Yeah, I didn't agree to this. Yeah, bye. <laughs>